it's about having a really strong strategy and putting the plan in place and really going for the plan. These things just don't happen by chance. Well, hello there. You've picked a very good episode to listen to. This is Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. And I'm Lauren. Oh, we're so glad you're here. Can I just say, this is a podcast where we help you with your branding challenge, branding business. We use those terms interchangeably. And oh boy, today's a fun one. I know I say this with like every episode, but I really, really mean it this time. This is one of our best episodes ever. We could literally put a montage of you saying that. (laughs) I know I say this, but this is one of our best episodes ever. It is. Why? Tell us why. We have a true sales expert on today, Allison Edgar. And I read Allison's book last year, and it quite literally blew my mind. She makes sales so easy for people who are not salesmen at heart. Well, salesmen and saleswomen, I should say. That's true. That's true. You know, I love that she does this. I also think about uh, one of our client projects, Dinesh, who I presented him around the world. He, Allison's approach reminded me of Dinesh with his approach of sales, which is really this idea of adjusting your mentality. Why do you think of sales as sales? Sales is icky, but it's only icky if you make it icky. Sales is a win-win. It's a win for you and it's a win for the other person. I read the book. I can't say read because I don't read, but I listened to her book and I thought about this, how she was very encouraging about adjusting your mindset, rethinking the way you think about it. And actually it's about creating opportunities. It's about creating win-wins with people. Yep. And you know, we could talk about it all day, but we're not going to talk about it as well as Allison does. So let's start the episode. Oh, well, let's do it. That's a good idea. Here is our conversation with Allison Edgar. You know, here's something I love. Me strutting through the airport, I do this occasionally, and turning to the right now that I'm based in London, spending time in all of these airports, and I look at the bookstore, and I walk over, and I don't really like books, but I'm there on a mission. I'm there because I have a friend whose book happens to be in this bookstore. Her name is Allison Edgar, and she's a superstar when it comes to sales and life in general. And right now, she's on the phone with us. Welcome, Allison. Oh, thank you so much. It's just such a pleasure to be your friend and to be introduced um, with the book at the bookstore. Oh, I can think of nothing better. Well, it's pretty exciting that nowadays to get your book in a, like so many people are self-publishing and not that there's anything wrong with self-publishing. I've self-published, but like, it's just really impressive that you managed to swing that. It's it's because you know how to sell, not only in terms of educating everyone around you in trainings and clients in book form, but it's actually proof of concept in the way that you've sold yourself to get a publishing deal and to be in the, the, the top rated bookstore in the country. It's, it's, and this just happened. This was like literally a few days ago. I always sneak in to the bookstore and I always look to see if you're there and you're still there, baby. You're still there. Oh, bless. So uh, do you want me to give the secret of how it gets there? Because I think, again, books are really topical at the moment, especially if you look at things like um, Key Person of Influence with Dan Priestley. You know, loads of people think that, the, you know, the book is the thing to elevate your profile. Yeah. So for me, it definitely was something that was always on the radar. 
And I did have the option. So I think you make in the short term slightly more cash on self-published because you don't have the, the same overhead. But for me, the bookstore that you know we're referring to, I and again, I'm not a big one for manifestation and abundance. I know where I want it. I can see it in my head and I make it happen. And I knew that if I had self-published, it would just really struggle as a, a debut author um, with somebody who's not coming from like the, the, you know, the top end TV or media to be able to get it in there. So I decided to go with an independent publisher because she had had books in there previously. But for me, I did a lot of my own maneuvering around things like LinkedIn and mm-hmm. met with the distribution channels. And so again, there was a lot of maneuvering, but I think, and you know, if anybody takes anything from this um, regarding sales, it's about having a really strong strategy and putting the plan in place and really going for the plan. These things just don't happen by chance. Alison, let's talk about that plan. For someone who is not a salesperson, where do they begin with developing a sales plan? So to me, I think it's about breaking it down. So again, if you relate it back to music, I like to sort of relate things back to music. So for me, the overall vision, and I think again, the vision is I want to be the Adele of sales training, but Adele didn't just go from being born. She had to learn how to, to sing. She had to go to things like Brit school to learn her talent. And she had to play the clubs and the pubs before she could actually become Adele and fill Madison Square Garden or Wembley Arena. So I think that what you do need to do is break it down into little chunks and especially time frame chunks. So for example, if you were a service or a product based um, business, you have to know, you know, like what do I call it the cost to open up the doors? So what really is your, your, your break even point? Because again, you know, you watch shows like uh, Dragon's Den or Shark's Tank and a lot of people get caught out because they don't actually know the numbers and how to make money. I mean, anyone can start a business. But the reason the startup figures are so high is they don't know how to make money because fundamentally they don't really know how to sell, which is the biggest blocker. So, you know, I, I think look at definitely who's your ideal client? How are you going to get to them? What are you going to say? How are you going to make money from it? And, you know, Adele didn't become an overnight success. These overnight successes take years to come. And I think really being... Um, true to yourself on your expectations makes all the difference in the world. So true. Yeah, it is true. We we talk on this podcast a lot about figuring out who your ideal client is and also figuring out how to get to them. But I think, Alison, the, the, the thing that you're an expert at that our listeners would find really valuable is figuring out what to say. What's your recommendation for knowing what to say when you finally found the person you want to reach out to? So fundamentally, everybody only cares about themselves deep down. So I call it like the Titanic. If you're on the Titanic and it's about to sink, who is the first person that you want to save? Well, again, touch wood, I've never been in that you know fight or flight situation. But what the mistake I think people who are not sales trained make is they talk about themselves. Oh, Anna do this, Anna do that, Anna do the next thing. The person you're talking to doesn't really care about you. They care about what you can do for them. And I think it's always really keeping that to the forefront that every time you have that conversation, that you're not talking about yourself. You're talking about what you can do to help them, to make their life easier, to make their life smoother. 
you know, again, if you look at a product-based business, so say, let's say it's website design, you know, what you bring to in the website design is actually, it will be a gateway to raise their brand, to raise the quality of their clients so that their customers, even before they contact them, can really touch what they do, which will ultimately lead to more inbound inquiries, which then will ultimately lead to more conversions, which will then ultimately lead them making more money and allow them to grow because money and growth are two things that are really key to, to all businesses. Allison, you are so smart. Like, I just love listening to you talk about this. By the way, you also speak in perfect sound bites in case you needed another compliment. How do you recommend to someone like me who is kind of scared to sell? I like to charm and I like to talk, but the minute it comes to making a sale about something that I have for sale, even if it's clients, the client work and, and products, I get weird. I get clammy and nervous and icky. And so actually, we often describe in our business that I open the conversation and Lauren closes it. When you want to talk numbers, I'm not the guy. I used to have to do it when it was just me. But now, you know, Lauren, I think, looks more objectively at the situation, how much what we offer is worth. You know, this goes for everyone listening. How much is what you offer worth? And then negotiating that, it gives me anxiety. And so what advice do you have for people like me that are just um, a bit scared? Oh, bless you. So the advice I've got for people that are scared, my mission statement in the business, and it's really interesting because when I started up the business, I didn't even really know what a mission statement was. But for me, again, I genuinely believe when it's delivered correctly that sales and customer service is exactly the same thing. So I think a key point is you are not going to sell to everyone. Not everyone needs what you sell. But when somebody does it, again, questioning techniques is imperative. You know, it's really important to really understand your client. And, you know, statements like, you know, this is what I do. It may or may not be relevant to you and your business, but tell me a little bit more about who is your ideal client? How do you reach them? And when you reach them, what do you say? So again, you're asking good open questions. So again, from you, Saifel, for the branding, you know, you look, you know, your brand is, is your short window, you know, for especially for service-based industries. They don't have a high street. You know, this is the, the, the short front. You know, what kind of shop front do you want to have? Do you want to have something like Harris or do you want to have something like a back street? Because there's places for everything in Brandon. You know, you look at the supermarkets, things like um, Aldi and Lidl, they predominantly were known as the, the, the less expensive brands. Whereas you look at M&S and you look at Waitrose, they're top end. And there's a room in the market for everything. And it's just really getting to understand. So if they say, look, I really want to be, you know, the Harrods of Coke, or personal development or whatever it is, if you really know that deep down when you ask the questions and again, like cards, like snaps, you are the match, asking for the order isn't a difficult thing because you're not doing a sale, you're just doing a really good customer service. And when it comes to costing and pricing and you know, you've got to know how to make money. So you can't go in at like doing it for cheapest of cheap. And another thing, again, this is why I think branding is so, so, so important because I've worked really hard on my own brand. You know, we've talked about this online and offline and face-to-face is that when you have 
are actually elevated your brand into something that is desirable and premium, you can charge more. And again, I think for a service industry, that doesn't happen in five minutes. That is, again, you play the pubs, clubs before you play Madison Square Garden. So to me, it's very, very important that you value that as a service. And then when it comes, if you don't ask for the order, you know what, you're doing them a disservice. And when it comes to negotiation, you can always negotiate down, but you can never negotiate up. So again, it helps to have a, a service and product base. And again, this is what we do. So again, for our day rate, what we'll do is we include behaviour profiles because we do that through our um, understanding the behaviours. We've also got online courses. So our day rate will incorporate products and service. And if we are out of the customer's budget, then we can knock off some of the product and stick with the service or we can keep the product and reduce the time. And again, it's still really good value for money. It's a good point. Yeah. And and I feel like also your approach to sales is very altruistic. You're not trying to sell to make money. You're trying to help people and you should be making money from it. That's sort of the equation that's going through your head, right? Yeah, definitely for sure. And I think when it, for, for me, so I've got two brands. I've got Sales Coaching Solutions, which works with teams. So that's done as a consultancy day rate. So again, that's a, a five-figure sum for a day. It, it's the kind of the bread and butter, the life broader, the, the revenue for the company. But not everyone can afford that. And that's where, for me, I genuinely love sales. And I know that I'm really good at what I do. So I created the Entrepreneur's Godmother brand. And the Entrepreneur's Godmother works with startups, micros, and owner-managed businesses. So the people who need me the most but have the least cash. So I, I feel a bit like I'm a Robin Hood, but I'm, you know, I'm robbing the rich <laughs> to help the poor. So that's where the two brands that have come together. And, and, and in the Entrepreneur's Godmother, you know, I've got the book, which, you know, secrets of successful sales. You can pick that up in the bookstores for £10 on Amazon, or you can get it on Audible. So even if you've got £10 or $10 in your pocket, you can get something that will teach you to sell. And, and then again, it steps up into things like the, the packages or the online courses. So there's something for everyone. And the reason that I created that is exactly as you say, Lauren, money's a, a, a side effect. For me, one of the things that just, it, it, it makes me tick, it makes me get up in the morning is I get messages every single day from people who have either read the book or they've listened to the, my TEDx talk or they've done something, I've touched their life in some way and they will write me a message and tell me how much I've touched their life. That's why I do it. The money is a second to the other side of it. And don't get me wrong, I have to eat, I have to holiday, I have to, you know, do all the bits. But if you really love what you're doing, you really make a difference, the money really just sort of flows in. Okay, well, let's pause for a second. As we do, we'll pick up this conversation in just a second. But let's tell people, Laura, what we have cooking this week. Oh, man, it's really good. How good? Okay, I'm going to explain. It's so good. So I guess we're really inspired by Allison. So we wanted to create a whole bunch of resources with cold outreach so that you can start making meaningful sales for your company, no matter what industry you work in. For our blog post, we're going to have a tried and true cold email template. We've tried it ourselves. It actually works. Yeah, it actually works. So we're just going to put our framework right out there for you. 
And if you want some additional resources, we're going to have a free download this week with cold email templates that work. So if you like that first blog post, that's just the beginning. We're going to include a whole bunch in our free download. I mean, literally, what more could you need? Really? What more could you need? Look, if you've got sales, you've got business. Boom. I just made that up. Allison would approve. (laughs) Allison would approve that quote. Speaking of Allison, should we get back to the interview? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. I'm curious to know, because we're working this out ourselves, is we get to a point where we've provided services already to someone and they're really happy. And then it's kind of like, okay, well, see you later. And and we're not the best, I think. There's always, I mean, we do have clients who come back, of course, but I think that there's a lot of room for improvement with us in the way that we keep leads and keep past clients warm by offering something new. So what is your advice on managing your contacts and thinking of new things to sell people? Oh, I think it's imperative. I mean, for us, again, and even our content, I think it's a lot about the content creation, how you monetize it. So our core content is sales. And then obviously, I believe sales and customer service is exactly the same thing. So we've got customers who just buy customer service. But what we've done is we've created new content uh, around entrepreneurship. So basically working with bigger companies, teaching their teams to think like entrepreneurs. So they take the, um, you know, make the decisions as if it was their own business without the risk. And it means that we can sell into the same customers, but in different departments, because if you're in a non-sales role, for example, if you're in procurement or finance or really from the outside, you'd think we had nothing to offer because we teach sales. So what we can do is create new content and, and the entrepreneurship stuff has just been genius. So we're working with, um, the Discovery Channel, working with their team. We're working with Thomas Cook Aircrew and their team to teach them around entrepreneurship. So again, and then on the back end of that, we deliver in, then they get copies of the course, so that's an upsell in there, and copies of the book, an upsell in there. So I think it's always about, especially if you're working with slightly larger companies, because the staff will churn or they'll grow or they'll expand. And it's just literally keeping things fresh and thinking about new things that people want but it's not what you want to sell them it's about asking the open questions to find out where the gaps are and what they need and then just matching the gaps there's something i think a lot about that lauren mentioned to me months ago that she read somewhere and by the way i don't read but i have listened to your book on audible and i loved it (laughs) you have yes i have um there's something that lauren mentioned to me the the reader in this group lauren said I can't remember where you read this, Lauren, but it was something to the effect of when you're busiest with work, that's when you should be looking for new clients. Like when you're at the peak of your business, that's when you need to make time for prospecting. Wasn't it something like that, Lauren? Do you remember the exact quote? Yeah, yeah. It was was something like when you're at your busiest and don't have time to sell is when you should be selling. Right. Oh, I I completely agree with that because that's what happens that People get too busy to sell and then they don't have a pipeline and then they trough, then they trough and then cash flow starts to get really tight. That again, exactly, it's the same. And it's really interesting because it's the same as change management, really, because people try, when when things start to get desperate and they're not working, they go, oh, let's change. Never, ever, ever change on the way down. Always change on the way up. 
So when you're at your busiest and you think, right, that's fine, things are going really well, always push it further and do the changes. And I know that firsthand because the company that I used to work for was a directory company. And literally when digital came into play, they were so complacent that they didn't need digital, that everyone was going to use paper directories, that they didn't change. And it was to the detriment of the share price, the, the company. So again, for me, even when things are going really well, I mean, we we had a, a meet a meeting recently about the rebranding of the brand and you know in theory I didn't have to create I mean I got three brands I've got Alison Edgar speaker and author the entrepreneur's godmother for startup and I've got sales coaching solutions for the team and it would have been easy for me not to do that but again I'm always pushing it I'm, I'm, I'm moving it on the way up and always looking to evolve it's when people you know stagnate don't concentrate on sales that they, they just become a proper maybe not in the short term but definitely in the long term mm-hmm. who inspires you it doesn't have to be someone in sales it could be an entrepreneur like who are your brand heroes that give you a lot of inspiration for what you do so for me it's really interesting for my brand heroes because you know most people go oh my god steve Jobs, bill gates richard branson lord sugar blah, blah. Um, so one of the things and, and again you know this really well is that I work with a lot of young entrepreneurs so for example you've got Ben Towers who Richard Branson wrote a blog about he's 20 did a multi-million pound merger you've got Jordan Dakin who is the young, youngest consistent on Dragon Fen or Shark Tank to get funding from Deborah Meaden he's now 23 his company's valued at 20 million you get Simon Crowther, then young entrepreneur in the flood sector, which again is so off the wall, and yet he's got a multi-million pound turnover. These boys inspire me every single day because they come at things with a different angle, they're quirkier, um, and it's just, you know, I love the vibrance. And again, Phil, you inspire <laughs> me, Lauren, you inspire me because, um, you know, I, I wanted to, and again, it's interesting I'm on the podcast because we met obviously through mutual friends and you did an interview for the podcast with Ben Towers and I'm like, right, that I'm gonna do that podcast. I don't know when I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna do it. So again, this is a like a dream come true for me to be on the podcast. But it comes back to what I was saying earlier about setting your goals, know what you want. Might not happen right away, but it doesn't matter what it is. You just keep chugging away and if you chug away keep it in forefront, put the strategy in, all these things come together. So I'm inspired by different people. I'm also inspired by my team who are like a young team, young people, just in general, young people inspire me because, you know, I'm I'm 51 years old and I still feel like I'm 21 because of the company that I keep. and, And that also affects my outlook on life. It also affects the outlook on my business. And, you know, I'm really tech savvy. I'm right into my social media. Whereas a lot of people my age, like, they go, they start on the wind down. I'm just on the wind up. (laughs) 51 years young, let me correct you. What's your, (laughs) this has been really, I've loved this chat. I want to kind of round off our discussion with one question. It can be easy to get discouraged. Entrepreneurship can be lonely in in terms of like what you have to deal with day to day. You wake up, you work really hard and it's kind of, you know, some days are not as great as others. What kind of tangible advice do you have for people to kind of push on, to persevere? Because usually it's that perseverance, it's that last mile that lands you winning the race. But sometimes it's hard to see that in the moment. Do you know, 
So I am touch with bliss with a, a positive attitude. Literally, I think I've always had a positive attitude and everything, even in the most negative day, I, I'm one of those people who probably sickeningly will go, well, but on a positive note, this has happened or on a positive note. And again, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it's a nature, nurture, mindset, sex, growth, but I think it's really important. And again, on the little roundup, I love to sing, right? I'm rubbish at singing, but I love to sing. And at the moment, I think it's Ariana Grande's new song has got a, a mix in there with the sound of music. These are a few of my favourite things. And we talk about whiskers on kittens and, and all that sort of stuff. And I think actually it's a really valid point because any time that, you you know, when the dog bites, when the bee sings, when you're feeling sad, you just simply remember your favourite things and then you don't feel so bad. And I think that's even in the worst of days, you can always find the positive. And I think in the worst of days, you look for your favorite things and they will help change your mindset. Great advice. Do you think that small businesses should have a dedicated salesperson? Honestly, no. Because I think with small businesses, it's about like a child. When you start a business, when again, you know, for those of the listeners who have got children, they'll know when they have the first baby, it doesn't come with a manual. It's literally, you just have to suck it and see if it cries if it sleeps, if it needs its diaper change, whatever, you just get on with it. Nobody tells you. You just have to find out. And to me, that's like having a small business. You can read all the books, but again, every business is slightly different. It's got its own nuances and you really want that business to grow again into teenage years, adulthood. And the difficult thing I find, especially for people who don't feel confident in sales, what they'll do is they'll say, oh, I'm going to get a salesperson. I'm rubbish at sales. I'm not good. I'm going to get them in. They're really good. Salespeople, good salespeople are like diamonds and they cost as much as diamonds. And unless you've got really good investment at the start of the business, you won't be able to afford it. The the thing and and the thing with it is even if you do, nobody loves your baby the way that you love your baby. So nobody loves your business the way that you love your business. And to be able to sell anything, you have to love it. And that's why, again, for those of you who are listening who think, oh, I'm not sure about sales. I don't really like that bit. I like the other bits. You have to learn to love it because only when you learn to love it do you become good at it. And you can learn. It's like sport. It's like singing. It's like anything at all. You can be good at anything you want. You just have to practice it, tweak it, practice it, tweak it. And that's the same as sales. Beautiful. Beautiful. And do you have any systems that you follow? Like I met someone who tries to contact 10 people before 10 a.m. every day to just like warm up leads or, or their network. Is there anything that you do similar to that? I mean, in like old school sales, we call a lot of that the power hour. So you'll like switch an hour off, switch your notifications off and you'll, you'll bang out calls between nine o'clock and 10 o'clock. But the difficult thing is with that, to have that sort of really rigid time I'm going to do that that's not always when your clients are available that might be when it's good for you but to me I think it's especially for small business owners who are doing all the things in the business I think it's about flexibility I do think again allowing an hour a day to follow up calls and make conversations and retouch previous clients and you know just touch base is good but again I'm kind of like anti well we do that every Monday at nine o'clock because that's just not you know how how it rolls with clients and today really interestingly I've been training a sales team so they're mortgage advisors and one of the guys said yeah 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 we work from 8 to 5 30 and I went 
I'm really glad you work from 8 to 5.30, but if I was getting a mortgage, the last thing I would want to do is speak to you during those times. Sorry, it wasn't 8, it was 9, 9 to 5.30. And I'm like, the last thing I would want to do is speak to you about my mortgage. I want you to phone me at 7.30 or 7 p.m. I need you to be out with those hours. And no, he's like, no, 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 I don't get paid for that. And I'm thinking, and again, this is the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. So I do think as a small business owner, it's imperative that, again, you put those touch points in the diary for those calls. Also, I'm a really avid user of LinkedIn, that again, you put your LinkedIn time in there to proactively connect with people that you want to do business with. Such good advice. So much here. Thank you so much for... And I also have to say this before I round it up, but like, I love how you sell yourself and I love your energy about all of this. And if anyone is feeling nervous or scared, they shouldn't because really there's no difference between sales and customer service. I think that's a really important takeaway. Thank you so much for these inspiring words you are <laughs> and for hanging out with us. Uh, an absolute pleasure. Uh, literally, I just wish I was hanging out with you in the real world. So one of the things that um, I got a notification yesterday that the publishers managed to get the book, um, it's like a deal in the US and Canada. So it'll be going into Barnes & Noble, be going into like a lot of the other stores in the US. So I'm hoping to do more work in the US. Phil, I know that you're in London. We can hang out anytime. Lauren, you and I are going to be hanging out in this state. <laughs> oh my goodness. Congratulations. That's so exciting. I would love to hang out with you in the States. We will celebrate <laughs> with alcohol the next time I see you. How about that? Oh, for sure. But I'll give you a shout the next time I'm in London and we can catch up. I love it. Thank you so much again for hanging out with us on Brand Therapy. We'll chat with you soon, Allison. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Always feeling pumped up after speaking to Allison. That's how I feel right now. That was great. I just wish I had her phone number so I could like FaceTime her like every second of the day. (laughs) Well, you're going to have to pay five figures for the day with Allison and I'm sure it's worth it. You know, (laughs) like it's just she's so approachable. She's so kind. She's, uh, you know, so much genuine energy for when you see her in real life and then call up on the phone. But she's really good. She's really good at what she does. If you don't read, listen to her audiobook. If you do read, read her book. We didn't get into it today, but I love her philosophy on their different personality types for different selling personas. We've talked about that, but really cool. I think when it comes to like selling anything, Allison has tangible advice that can inspire you to reframe your thinking so that you can do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. She makes something that feels like very intangible, like sales, feel completely tangible. So what I found most interesting about this call with Allison is that she's really figured out how to break down, like down to a science, really, how to sell when you're not a salesperson. Don't you think? Completely. Because I don't consider myself a salesperson, but I learn a lot from her that makes it feel doable, you know? Yeah. What like struck you about what she said? I would say a few questions to ask yourself. Who's your ideal client? Not the first time that's come up on the podcast, right? But like (laughs) the minute we start thinking about ourselves, let's think about what they want because this is a business, not a hobby. So who's your ideal client? What are their needs? Oh, I'm sorry. You're not sure what the answer is? 
ask them. Very simple. Yeah, yeah. It's great because she, instead of figuring out like what it is that you're trying to sell, she's more focused on like the how, you know, and the why, which I think is kind of forgotten when people are trying to make money. You know? Yeah. And I often get like distracted with like, what do I say? What's my sales script? When I think if you know who your ideal audience is and you know generally how to get to them because you stop for a second and think about where are they spending their time? What are they putting their energy into? What's grabbing them day to day? How can you get in front of them? I think that you don't need to worry about a script. I think that you can actually just, again, remind yourself sales is customer service. They're not different. They're the same thing what would you say to someone that you're serving, right? To make their day better or make their business better. It's the same thing. Definitely. And for the like, how do you make money question? I think what what Allison was trying to get at is first, like you can't sell without knowing what it costs to like run your business. You know, you need to know what your bottom line is first and then figure out how you make money on top of that. Because the cost that you pay yourself and need to run your business that's not your, I mean, you need to sell in order to do that, but you should also be selling to like make money. At least that's what I took away from it. Definitely. Definitely. What did you think of this? I love Allison's comment. Fundamentally, everyone only cares about themselves. And that is so true. I'd love to know what you think. You, listener, you spending a few minutes with us today. What are your thoughts on this? How are you selling yourself even if you aren't a salesperson? We'd love to hear. I'm at Phil Palin. I'm at the Lauren Moore. Hashtag brand therapy to continue this conversation beyond the conversation we're having right now. If you've enjoyed this episode, then do us a quick favor. You've heard it before. Go to iTunes, leave us a review, say something nice because actually you doing that, taking a few seconds to do it right now before you forget, that helps other people discover this podcast, which we work really hard to make. Thank you in advance for doing that. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us today. And we look forward to seeing you on a future episode, Brand Therapy. Thanks so much. See you then. See you then. Next time on Brand Therapy. Adventure can be very easily accessible, I guess. So that's one of the things that I feel really passionately about is the accessibility of adventure. 